So what does it take to create a successful relationship? Well, that is the question that I am out to answer in teaching you my new class, The Relationship Screening Method. Go over to thedatingcounselor.com, click under Courses, and learn more about this new course that I'm offering on a virtual platform that also comes with weekly live coaching sessions with yours truly. So that's again, go to thedatingcounselor.com, look under courses and look up the relationship screening method so that you can actually apply the method to then begin creating your successful relationship. Welcome. This is the Dating Counselor Podcast, the show that takes you out of the dating game and into a successful relationship. I'm Lonnie Harmon, and I'm a licensed therapist, and I am the Dating Counselor. Thanks for listening. Hello, I'm so glad to welcome you here to this episode of the Dating Counselor podcast. I'm so excited for you guys to learn from my guest. Her name is Kylie Wolford, and we're going to be sharing a lot about is it mutual or do you need to set some boundaries? (laughs) (laughs) Because in dating, there are a lot of decisions to make. And as we know, making a lot of those decisions can get really overwhelming. And so sometimes do you go with the flow too much? Um, Are you easily persuaded into things that are outside of your value system? Um, Are you truly making the choices that you would make in dating? And if not, how can you get into the space where you know what those are? So Kylie, welcome. Please tell us about yourself. Thank you. Thanks, Lonnie, for having me here. As you said, my name is Kylie Wolford. I grew up in Draper, Utah area. I am married to awesome guys and I have the cutest little baby. She keeps me on my toes. (laughs) I am a life boundary coach, specifically in relationships that are close to you, whether that be a family member, a close friend, a spouse, potential partner, whatever that may be, but somebody that is super close to you. And I teach people how to navigate boundaries with them. In essence, that creates a space where we don't feel like we are like betraying that person or not being a kind person by telling somebody no. I teach people how to get to a space where they feel comfortable portraying what they truly believe. So what I am hearing is the word boundaries. And I love that word because I'm a therapist (laughs) and I'm all about boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. And I think, you know, thanks to Instagram and TikTok, that word is a little bit more current and contemporary. So most people understand what it means. But could you just share with us What is a general idea of what is a boundary? (laughs) This is actually a really fun way that I like to describe it that my husband brought up the other day. And I was like, that is a perfect way to describe boundaries. So there's a Seinfeld episode and (laughs) Jerry walks in and he is telling Kramer that he just met this guy and that they're friends now, but he now wants to help him, wants Jerry to go help him move. And he's like, 
I don't even know this guy and he wants me to help him move. And then Kramer says, well, and then the, the next thing you know, he's going to ask you to go take him to the airport. And <laughs> so <laughs> it just is like this space where we have a connection with somebody at a certain level and we have boundaries based on where our heart is allowing them to be that we feel comfortable with. So a boundary is a space that we feel comfortable having someone in our life. Absolutely. And we genuinely will know that we feel comfortable because our heart will feel safe. And we'll know if we feel uncomfortable because our heart or mind or body is going to give us a cue that's like, that does not feel good to me. Absolutely. AKA, I just met you and you asked me for a ride to the airport and I don't feel like <laughs> I know you well enough to be alone in a car with you. Absolutely. Or be your pickup. There's a place where we can have too much confidence in somebody when we don't even trust them or know them mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. And so we have to find this line between that trust and knowing and committing to them. Mm-hmm based on how we treat them or how much information we give them or don't give them, allowing them into our lives with that boundary. Mm -hmm. How did you get interested in boundaries? Like, I love that, that space for coaching because it's so needed. How did that come about? So I had an experience early on um, serving a mission for my church and I was overrun by people gaslighting me. Gaslighting is when someone is making you believe things that are not true, but they are manipulating it in such a way that they're shining a light on the possibility that it's true. And so you start to feel like you're crazy. So I was gaslighted on my mission. I had fallen and had a ton of pain in my leg and explained to someone close to me that I needed help and was basically told that I was being baby and that my leg wasn't really hurting. So two months later, after walking on a broken femur, (gasps) I learned that my leg was broken and that I was actually in pain and that I was experiencing a lot of heartache, mentally, emotionally, physically, all those things. And so I went home and there was tons of PTSD, all those different things. And I had surgery on and off for five years after I had been home. I, I don't regret anything that happened during those six years, but what I did learn is that I needed to teach people how to have boundaries and how to inform people when gaslighting was happening and how to step in and say, no, that is like my key word and everything that I teach is how to pe- teach people how to say no and not feel like you're being a bad person or in a Christian culture that you're not Christ-like. So for me, that's how I got involved in it because I felt like I had experienced a lack of boundaries for so long that I just kind of became an advocate for it because it had hurt me so bad, not only physically, but emotionally and mentally. So Thank you for sharing that. That is a very vulnerable story, but I really appreciate it because I think it's so relatable there's so many cases that I have uh, worked in, in cases I've worked with that there has been a lack of boundaries set or that gaslighting happens where they feel like I'm saying something, but because they're not listening to me, I mm-hmm. guess maybe what I'm saying is inaccurate or wrong. And we 
too often, I think, try to turn the other cheek or try to be nice rather than say, no, this is actually what's happening and I don't want it. Uh, I had had similar, I mean, you know, other stories that you've heard on different episodes of, of those types of things happening to me too, where I'm hurt and nobody is listening or the person that I'm talking to, I guess, isn't listening. Right, right. So you're going to want to listen to this one like all the way through and put it in your heart and maybe do a repeat and send it to all your friends <laughs> who you're like, girl, you need some boundaries. Some boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> because this is going to be a game changer. So we're going to start our discussion on boundaries with the early stages of dating. Now, if you remember, the early stages of dating are when you are strangers. You do not know each other. And that could be because you're on a dating app and you're literally just swiping and these are people that are strangers to you. Or maybe you're at an event and this person is a stranger to you and you've started to discuss and get to know each other by either swiping or talking in real life. And that is the space of going from a stranger to acquaintance. And that's where you're introducing yourselves and sharing a little bit about what makes you, you. So those are the early stages of dating. And the boundary that I go to just in terms of that conversation would be early stages of dating, I would say go till about date three. So teach us about early stages and boundaries. I love that. So for me in dating, the things that I experienced was this mentality of sharing too much too soon. So when you are an acquaintance with someone, I feel like we are wanting to skip those early stages because sometimes we feel like they're painful. Like what's your favorite color, that kind of conversation when I believe that those are really important because it allows us to build trust and not overshare. It's hard because there's like a line where you want to overshare. You don't want to overshare, but you don't want to undershare, right? Mm -hmm. So that's where I feel like what I like to call your gut has to kick in. So what am I okay with sharing and what am I not okay with sharing? Because if we share too much and say this relationship goes for a couple of dates, we don't want to leave feeling hurt. I think a lot of the times we feel hurt in those early stages of dating if it doesn't work out because we've overshared. And that person has a lot of things in their hearts that we feel close to our hearts. And so we have to be careful with the timing of that. So there. So trust takes time. And in this book titled falling, how to avoid falling in love with a jerk by John Van Nepp, he talks about how in our culture by the third date, sex is usually expected. And maybe in a more Christian culture, a third date is expected to be exclusive. Okay. But sure, there maybe are moments when like this is okay because this person has been a friend for a long time or what have you, right? But he gives this scale that he calls the RAM scale, which stands for relationship attachment model. And it's, I want you to picture like a soundboard basically and like the soundboard things that move up and down. The first one on the left is on the soundboard level is you have to know somebody more than you trust somebody. You have to trust somebody more than you rely on somebody. And you have to com- rely on somebody more than you commit. And you have to commit more than you touch. So those things have to be in line 
in order for us to basically have a healthy relationship and have healthy boundaries and expectations for me, I believe in order to continue to move to the next phase of dating. So as long as those things are in order, I feel like the progress of going from the first to third to exclusive, whatever, so on allows our relationship to be consistent. As long as we say touch is less than, you know, somebody. Mm -hmm. If you have done any physical touch before you know them very well, why you go into that hyper vulnerability space and feel this extreme form of attachment to that person. And sometimes a client will say this, they develop a really high level of determination for that relationship to work out because they want to validate that the touch was quote worth it or appropriate when it maybe was more of a touch that was related to hormones or lust, yes. which is okay at times. It's not for to sure. say that that's not, it's just that we're, we're looking for something that's going to go more long-term. This is where you're going to need to have some of those conversations like, Hey, I want this to go more long-term. And so how are you feeling about yeah, touch at this point? Push our mm-hmm. physical relationship more than we know this person mm-hmm. so that it can continue. Cause I think that insecure attachment happens where we start to be kind of clingy. And love bombing might happen because there's fear that this relationship isn't going to work out. And if you remember, love bombing is when you are going to hear or share, depending on if you're the bomber or the one being bombed, way too much attachment. Like, you're, oh, you're the most wonderful thing that's ever happened to me. You are everything I've been looking for. I can't imagine my life without you. These really inflated statements that go past the time and experience that you've had together for sure yeah so along with spending that time together and not leaving space or giving yourself boundary to have time to think because we're so excited about this person that we have to spend 24 7 with them early super early into the morning getting together the next day for me it didn't ever allow me to have time to say, okay, what is actually happening in this relationship? What are they saying that I'm enjoying? What are the things that I... Do I like them yes. or am I wanting to be liked? Exactly. My dad, I remember when I was first dating and I was obsessed with this guy that I was dating. He was older. I was in freshman in college and I was with him all the time. And my dad was like, why are you giving up your friendships and people that you've been super close with for so long for this dude that you just barely met? And it was because of that insecure attachment of just like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I want to be with him all the time. What if this ends? You know, so I want to suck everything I can out of the relationship. Well, I think too, we look for these benchmarks that are inaccurate, such as you should want to be with them all the time. Kind of like, this is how you should feel Therefore, we start behaving that way or maybe inflating the way that we actually feel because we're trying so hard to make it work. I have a quick story I can share. My husband and I kissed on our first date. It was beyond my boundaries. (laughs) Even though I totally went the 90 and he went the 10. Okay? Like, true confession. He did kiss me because I leaned in. (laughs) And immediately, well, I shouldn't say immediately. There was some kissing for a little bit. But my boundary cue went off and I thought, oh, this is too much too fast. 
and I threw him out of my house. I mean, Lip didn't throw, he's six foot three, like I didn't throw him, but verbally I said, you got to get out of here. And he was so confused, mm -hmm. but I didn't know him and touch it occurred. And I was like, I enjoyed kissing him. Don't get me wrong. But I was also aware that my boundary had gone off. And I think it was a very uh, shocking Realism. way that I did yeah. it and everything. <laughs> but the thing that happened that I that goes into what we're sharing here is that he was really appropriate. Love it. And he called me after maybe a few minutes, said, are you okay? Did I make you uncomfortable? I'm so sorry. And I had a chance to really listen to my gut and say, no, you didn't make me feel uncomfortable. I just, it was a lot. And I, I, I just got nervous. And so he said, I understand. I um, appreciate letting me know. He said, may I take you out again? Okay. And I, again, got check. I said, yeah, I, I would like to go out with you again. And he said, great. May I give you a call? Yeah. So he's then noticing like he hit a boundary and he's not going to shame me or be like you're being so stupid or why are you so dramatic or that was so weird right. instead he was going to say i respect that did i misread something and push you past a boundary check in no okay and would you still like to go out yes okay thank you you know so it it built trust right there because my reaction wasn't met with a lot of shame shame and and also you know pushing me past that boundary absolutely well, and that is how we create boundaries, right? There has to be communication. There has to be understanding between both sides. Referencing the love bombing episode again, when we try to set boundaries with somebody and say, hey, sorry, like the physical was there and we both were feeling it and it was great and we loved it, but this felt like it was overbearing a little bit. Can we take a step back? And how that person responds is crucial. Mm -hmm. So if there's contention and how dare you and blaming da, 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 then we need to maybe step back and evaluate more. Right. And this is happening. so like, I literally, if I could put like a neon billboard sign up that had this information somehow concisely conveyed, yeah. <laughs> this is what I would do because the opportunity to gather the information about their reaction is important. I have many clients that will say, well, but the, I'm worried about what they're going to say or what they're going to do, or I'm worried that I'm going to be the catalyst that then messes something up. And, you know, I'm going to be the one that moves the trajectory. And I think to myself, do you fear your, your own boundaries so much that you would relinquish them to someone else and let them have control because you don't want to be alone? That's terrifying to me. Absolutely. It's almost like we're pushing our boundaries and our values aside in order, like you said, to just not be alone, which when you put or mm -hmm. say it out loud, it kind of sounds scary. Like, well, would I do that? There is a very high correlation, that fear of being alone, but then also maybe the pressure to not be alone. I want to be able to report to my family, my roommates, journal tonight, yeah. <laughs> that I was finally successful right. and that somebody were finally working out and things are moving in that direction for me. I don't want to have something fail. So then I kind of go into this, this, this question about boundaries is like, why is there the assumption that if I have my gut check and I communicate my boundaries that therefore it will fail. Do you notice that sometimes yeah. when people are hesitant to put up a boundary, it's because they're thinking it's not going to go well. 
Yes, because we have this fear of losing that connection. The reason that we don't set boundaries is because we have a fear of loss of love from that person. And we're so, the DNA inside of us is so ingrained to have connection with people that we're willing to sacrifice anything so that we don't have to be by ourselves. Mm -hmm. When with my clients, I like to say, if you said no to this person, do you truly think that you would be by yourself for the rest of your life? Like truly isolated alone in your house by yourself. And there's like a resounding no. I have parents that love me or siblings or aunts or cousins, whatever it may be, friends that truly love me. I won't be alone for the rest of my life. When I got to a point with dating that, that I was okay with being by myself because there was a point in my life where people were not respecting my boundaries that I was secure enough in the fact and understanding enough that I did have connections with other people and that I was going to be okay. If say I did end up being by myself. So this guy that I was dating, he let's just say was way more physical than I was ready to be in our relationship, which having listened to the previous episode again, on love bombing. I recognized that I was totally being love bombed. He had done something to me that I did not feel comfortable with. And I said, please do not touch my backside. Like it makes me feel uncomfortable. I like, just please don't do it to me. Like, I know that my other people might be okay with that, but like, please just don't do it to me. And he was like, how dare you say that to me? Like I can kind of do whatever I want. And I was like, actually you can't say this relationship is to go into marriage. And I am to tell you, Hey, like that makes me feel uncomfortable. Can you not do that? What are you going to say? And he looked at me and he said, when we're married, we can do whatever we want. And I immediately was like, whoa, take a step back. He has no respect of my boundaries in any essence of the word. So am I in or out? And I, am I okay being alone so that I don't have to participate in being treated this way? It's okay that I am because I recognize that I deserve to be respected. And I believe that if that's happening to anybody else, like you deserve to be respected and loved and nurtured by your spouse, partner, that if that's the conversation that's being reciprocated when you set boundaries with somebody, it's time to reevaluate. Wow. What a powerful story. And it's so true because you needed that information to then say, well, this is going beyond me just saying, hey, this is my boundary. Now you're giving me visions of you feeling like you can do whatever you want, whenever you want. And I really need to evaluate how I feel about that. I mean, he just dug himself a hole. Right. <laughs> I was like, well, I don't think this is going to work. I think I'm going to have to bail. <laughs> and it takes some self-esteem to be able to say, this isn't going to work. I'm going to bail. And it also takes being okay, being single, but two also saying, this isn't just what's out there. For sure. So many times we hear, well, this is just what's out there. This is just how it is these days. And it's not. It's not. There are people out there who do not respect your boundaries, mm-hmm. do not care. They want It's about them and what they want. And there are people out there that do. And there are plenty of other options, even if they're not right in front of you and you don't see them right in front of you right now. Mm-hmm. Just because this particular relationship didn't work out, it doesn't mean this is that's it. Right. The end all be all. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to have another relationship Mm -hmm. that this person is going to love me 
in an affectionate way, mm-hmm. even though I can't have boundaries in it. <laughs> yes. You get to have boundaries in a relationship that's healthy. If you don't feel like you are able to have a healthy relationship, then that's where you need to start with working on your self-esteem and your love for yourself and having your own balance of integrity more than you do trying to find a partner. So in talking about having boundaries in dating physically, I think that it needs to be taught more. We've been taught to say abstain from sex in dating and can have sex in marriage. Yeah, right? and then it's like one one day yeah. within about eight hours. Surprise! Or maybe even like 20 minutes, 20. depending how long your ceremony was. It's like green light. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. Which isn't true. Mm-hmm. There's a reason that we learn to have a safe space in dating because we have to have a safe space in marriage. It isn't just you can do whatever you want when you get married. There are things that you're going to be comfortable with that your spouse is not comfortable with or vice versa. And so there has to be communication in being physical, even in marriage. And there still has to be abstinence in marriage, not just in dating. You could be sick. You could have just had a baby. So many things that can happen. Somebody's gone. Like there are so many things that we have to learn how to have self-control and appropriate boundaries in dating that carry over so much in marriage. I wish that I understood that connection because I think it would have made it less of like, oh my gosh, what's it going to be like to like understanding the importance of, okay, this is why I do it now because it's not only going to benefit me now, but it's also going to benefit me when I have a spouse and I'm with them forever and I am intimate with them because it completely coincides. Yeah, I I, uh, love this conversation and I think it's really important that we highlight how setting this boundary uh, physically in dating can really carry over to learning how to respect boundaries when you're married. There are a lot of questions about sex that people just don't have answers for uh, because they don't ask the questions, they don't know who to ask, and it's becoming more of a topic that you can learn about on your own through your own reading or listening to podcasts or asking friends, but we don't often talk about married sex other than oh, it's not going great. And I think that there, there's a really important phase of a relationship after you get married where you discover what your physical intimacy feels like for you as an individual and you learn what it feels like for your spouse and as they learn and you learn to communicate that in ways that are uplifting to each other and not degrading, that you become in harmony with yourself as a sexual being and you can initiate and they can initiate and there's not that um, cat and mouse game of, well, I did it last time, so they did, or how many days has it been and it's their turn and, you know, some of these little things rather than just being in tune with, I feel like I would like that intimate connection and being okay with that, not necessarily feeling you have to do that same insecure attachment thing that you may have done in dating, like, being secure enough to say like, it's okay that this is where I, I identify myself in this space and it's okay. And because I've worked hard on this relationship with my partner to be secure and to be able to talk through some things, it's very likely that anything I bring up is going to go just fine. Absolutely. And this being one of those areas, if you heard the terms like high desire partner, low desire partner. Mm, Yeah. 
So I don't know that people know that that's normal mm-hmm. and that sometimes it flip-flops. Absolutely. Right? Like that you're not always going to be the same in sync. We want to every <laughs> three days right. or every three hours or right. like we're going to totally be on the same page. I mean, that'd be magical. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that it's probably majority like just communicating. Like I wouldn't say that it's, I'd say that there's times when it's in sync, but definitely I would say more so communicating that to one another, mm-hmm. which I don't think is brought up in dating because we just assume that it's always lust and that you can just, because in dating, you're just like infatuated with each other, right? Like just want to be kissing and holding each other. Well, and and like I, I think that, that sometimes you have these pre-screening questions. I get clients that will be asked these questions that I think are odd and I can see them through the lens of, oh, I know what they're really trying to ask. The question being like, so do you think that you would do that you would really like sex? Because being abstinent, being Christian, they're trying to figure out if you're going to starve them or not. (laughs) It's true. That's what they want to know. They want to know. And usually that, I feel like that question comes from a space of trauma. They're, they were love starved or sex starved in the past and they just, don't want that to be withheld from them, like a punishment or something. Absolutely. And I think women, they get that question. I don't, I don't see a lot of men get that question. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they do. But when they get that question, they feel really turned off and get really offended because they're thinking as if, right? as if you could even ask me that question. And the answer is, yeah, that was way too soon, way too soon to know that question. Uh, or to ask that question and to have that answer. But the other part of it is genuinely, you might say, I don't know. For sure. I literally don't know. But when you're going into a, a relationship, being married and going into it, being abstinent, there's a conversation that happens called, I value this part of our relationship. Do you? For sure. If we had hiccups or when we have hiccups, how are we going to be able to communicate about that? Uh, is this an area that we are going to work on together or is this something that you really don't value? Mm-hmm. And this kind of comes into, you know, you could have a similar discussion about like, how clean do you want the house to be versus how clean do I want For the sure. house to be? You know, that's not the same, but it's this like, do you value that? Do you not like, because you have maybe a partner who's like meticulously dusting every five seconds and another one that's like leaves the dishes in the sink for the dishes <laughs> you know and then they just marry each other right right I think, they, I think all of these people marry each other the yes. high desire low desire <laughs> the dishes in the sink the duster you know we just we just find each other because we're trying to create a balance it's true it's so true well so when do you think it's appropriate to have this conversation about what you what your boundaries are in dating and then at what point do we have this more intense sexual conversation about our boundaries and what our expectations are for sex so i think the early stages of dating are exactly where you have the that conversation of physical touch boundaries because a i feel like you freaking need to touch them for sure there has to be a I am romantically interested in you moments yeah. that happen. The touch barrier needs to be broken. And I feel like it needs to be broken by the third date or you're going to be like, they are, they do not find me attractive. Yeah. I, I am just a friend. 
And then in later stages of dating, like let's say when you're being exclusive, I think it's kind of getting into that space where it's not always about the physical touch, but the physical touch does enhance the relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think that boundaries are going to be a conversation during that stage too, because the more you're getting to know each other and if it's actually working out and you're getting more attached and you're trying to be abstinent, the more that's going to be hard and you're going to have to create boundaries of locations and times of day. And right. when I say locations, I mean like not on the bed. Right. <laughs> Don't put yourself like, in that situation. Make it a little uncomfortable right. to get comfortable. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Is someone home? Yes. Yeah. You know, or, you know, what time were they leaving your place? What, when uh, my husband and I were just about engaged, uh, we wanted to go on a road trip together and we went to Las Vegas. I wanted to show him around and it was January and I just really wanted some sunshine. And I was determined that we weren't going to get a hotel room together, not because I felt like we would have sex or anything, but just because I wanted to wait even for that moment, right. you know, and people are different. Like I'm not judging. So I found a, you know, two friends and he stayed at someone else's house and I stayed there. And I remember being on the phone and explaining this to my friends and they were totally cool with it. But I had this moment being like, well, what if they weren't, what if they thought I was being such a prude or if they mm -hmm. thought mm -hmm. I was being stupid? Uh, you know, it was my boundary. Right. I, I wasn't worried about having sex, but I did want to wait for a sleepover. Right. Like I wanted that moment to feel new and unexperienced. New. Yeah. And that was a really bonding experience, I think, as well, because you're going into a space where you are going to have that experience together and you're imagining what it's going to be like. And it's scary. Mm -hmm. And that, that space, that the reason that boundaries come up, I think, is because we hit a space where we're like, we're like oh, that's vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And I want to know you well enough to know that my vulnerability is going to pay off. And if you feel super comfortable being vulnerable with just envy that walks in the door, we need to work on that. Right. Because some of the things that are special to you need to be saved. Right. Well, and I even think that comes in being vulnerable with like friends with your spouse around. So let me explain. So I tend to be way more outspoken and share too much. And my husband tends to be more private and personal. And so there has to come a boundary in conversation too, where it's like, I'm not okay with you sharing that, or I am okay with you sharing that, or this was special to me. So please don't say anything. And I think that can come in dating too, where we have to, like boundaries truly just leads down to communication time and time again. You have to be constantly communicating what you're comfortable with and what you're not comfortable with. And just let me say the magical fairy does not come twinkling down and say, it is now a good time Yes, for this conversation. <laughs> you either create the time or you just take the time. Yeah. And I was told by a guy that I dated one time, he's like, you always bring up these conversations at the worst times. And I'm like, well, when's going to be a good time? Like this conversation is hard for both of us to talk about. So when is it going to be a good time? And he would just like give me the silent treatment. He's like, well, I don't know. Yeah. The first, the, the first time I've never. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, so, okay. So this is sign number 35 that this is not going to work out. <laughs> My husband jokes that I like to have these deep conversations at 1130 PM, oh. right? As he's ready to go to bed. My husband would say the same thing. And I, I'm, yeah, he's right. 
he's yeah. 100% right. We've, we've worked around, you know, figuring out how that works. But yeah, sometimes that's when I, because I need my brain to shut off before bed. Exactly. And I'm like, peace. Exactly. And he just doesn't need that at all. He just put the lid on the box and just went to bed. <laughs> that <laughs> you would know? be my husband too. He's snoring right as I've laid down. Like, this isn't fair. <laughs> I have a question that I would love to know about boundaries with in-laws. I have great in-laws just to say, but like, this is a big thing. Like when you're dating and, you know, looking at that in-law relationship and saying like, you know, she wants to plan my wedding or, you know, they, they're saying this and this about they're influencing our relationship in this way. Like, I, what are your thoughts? So I think that's a great question. So boundaries with in-laws, I think is important. And this takes time. You have to see the kind of relationship that your partner has with their mother or father. My husband is super close with his mom. And I loved that in the beginning stages of marriage or of our dating because I was able to watch how he treated her. And that was way important for me because I wanted, they always say that like, however your spouse treats his mom is how he's going to treat you. I wanted to see that. And I loved their relationship and how they connected and communicated. Now, when we got married, there was a time where I was asked to go clean her house and watch her dogs when her and her husband went on a date. And that was too far for me. I, we are now in our own unit. We're in our own space. We have our own life. We have things that we're doing. This is, that's too, that's far out of my comfort zone. Right now, mind you, there are times when you're like, sure. I recognize that you need help. Like I'm there. I'm totally willing to serve you. But I think that there is a fine line between there. So are you trying to have my husband still be your son involved in everything that's going on in your life still? Or are you okay with him being with me? I think that there's a line sometimes where the mom can be super clingy to their son and not want to let them go because it's their child and they love them and they've been with them for so long and they've raised them to be who they are, which is amazing because if Obviously for me, I'm super grateful for everything that she did and that she has taught my husband because she's made him who he is today. Right. But her and I have had to communicate that like I, that can't happen. That's too far for me. And you have to be vulnerable in that boundary. And it's hard. It's so difficult because you want to respect them, but at the same time, you want to be open with them. And because then it caused contention between my husband and I, like, why would she say that? Why would she do that? And he's like, well, she's my mom. I love her. And then it all of a sudden became, she was in the middle of us. So again, it just is that communication and go with your gut. If it's making you feel uncomfortable and it's overstepping what you are expecting in a future marriage for him to be present, like, do you want, are you okay with him going to clean his mom's house and do her dishes every day? I don't know. Are you, or are you in a place where you're like, no, like she needs to move on and we need to be able to have our own space. Mm-hmm. So. Well said. I think that transition from home life into married life starts to happen when you're engaged. And that's when you start noticing those things. So you're like, Oh, this is where our boundary is. This is where our boundary is. And anytime you hit a boundary, sometimes we interpret that as like, oh, this is not going to go well. Right. Right. 
And I think it's okay to take a little bit of space to like inventory. Is this something that I could absolutely get over? It's not a big deal. Or is this a, you know, does this have more meaning to me because there's a theme here. So this is where digging into understanding communication for yourself is important so that you're keeping the conversation uh, about the issue at hand Mm -hmm. versus this is how it's going to be forever and always, or this is what you always do, these big generalization words that we use. But also remember, you're going to be a lifelong learner of communication. And so if you make a mistake, relationships indicate that you will, and that should feel be okay. If someone is upset with you about making a mistake, I feel like you need to ask for them to allow you to be imperfect. Mm -hmm. And you need to create that same space for them. Because if we don't allow that those imperfections to come in, it really just says, I guess we're not going to be as close. Because if I have to, you know, keep it together and keep it all buttoned up and say it the right way the first time, that's going to put me on my toes when I'm with you and I can't really relax and be myself. And so you might not see me as much. Or when we are together, I might not be as fun. Mm-hmm because I am trying to accommodate. Hopefully over time, things will ease up because I do think too, there's a transition space when you're engaged and then also when you're newly married where you are kind of creating your own space as a couple and moving away from that shared space with your in-laws and and especially I think if you're if you're the first sets of kids getting married Absolutely. in your house in your in, in either side or one side, that's gonna be tricky. Versus like, you know, I was kid number four, so they were like, Great. <laughs> See you later. See ya. You know, I think the biggest transition for me was that I was the single one for so long, and so I was used to doing so many things for them and checking on them a lot more often because they didn't have good health and you know, or helping out with kid stuff, yard work, dishes, that kind of stuff that even though I was living on my own, I was, I was still doing. And so uh, my husband came along for the ride and, you know, eventually just would pitch in and then we would try to do the same. Uh, but it just, it shifts as you get older and as you, especially when you start your own family and your, your responsibilities at home take up more of your time. Right. Right. Which is, I think why our boundaries are ever changing. Mm-hmm. They're changing in our work, in our family, in our friendships, because we change. We're constantly learning. We're constantly incorporating new relationships into our lives. And so those have to be, you have to be gracious with each other and okay that they change. Mm-hmm. I think that if we have this expectation that they're going to be the same in the beginning of dating and carry on forever, we'll be sorely disappointed. Absolutely. Well. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you you grow together and things like this podcast, my whole career, <laughs> I didn't ever envision myself kind of doing this type of thing. Mm-hmm. But saying to my husband in the middle of COVID, hey, I want to start a podcast. He was like, great. Yeah. <laughs> can I, how can I help? Love it. Versus like, have you really thought this through? Which yeah. you probably should have. <laughs> <laughs> That's my husband too. He's a super good cheerleader, mm-hmm. which I think is important. If somebody oh, yeah. makes you want to be better and cheer you on in your dreams and your hopes and your goals, and they're okay with that change, that's who you want to be with. Mm-hmm. I think with the boundary thing as well, you have to be willing to forgive. Mm-hmm. There's forgiveness in all of that. There's change. You say things that you don't mean when you're trying 
to conversate and portray what you're feeling to your partner or spouse about why you have this boundary or what have you, mm-hmm. that can be hurtful. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be gracious along with that to say, okay, give me a second. <laughs> Let me process this. I need my space for a minute so that I can understand where you're coming from and how can I incorporate my feelings into this as well. That has to happen as well. That's like huge in that. That leads me to a question. How do you feel like you could receive someone's boundary graciously? If someone's setting, saying to you, this is my boundary, how could you be the person to receive their boundary in a gracious way? Say I was dating somebody and I did something physically or said something that overstepped their boundary, right? And if they came to me and said, hey, you did this to me and it hurt my feelings. For me, I would be one humbled in the moment, right? It's a little shot of pride. You're like, okay, like that hurt a little, right? So acknowledge that. But then responding by thanking them for being vulnerable towards you, to trust you enough that they feel comfortable in telling you that is huge. Because I think if you approach it that way, you're opening this whole new door of trust and saying, I love that you can bring to the table anything that you feel. So please feel comfortable coming to me and saying anything like that because I want to talk through this. And hopefully it brings you to a space that connects you even more, right? Because I feel like for me, I was always scared to approach um, like the people that I was dating with something like that because I didn't know if it was just going to push us away. But when I knew that I was supposed to marry my husband, it was because I was able to approach him with anything and he would come listening and gracious and kind that I was like, this could work. We could talk about anything and I could tell you that it hurt my feelings or what have you. And you would say, sorry, and move forward. And I think sorry is crucial in that. Like, okay, I'm so sorry that I hurt your feelings. I'm so sorry that I overstepped boundaries. Let's work this out. Yeah. I love that. Just being humble and being able to receive, like noticing that it did hit your pride, but then also saying like, I'm sorry. And I think there's space for, I'm sorry, that wasn't my intention. For sure. But I I think when you get defensive and you say, well, why would you be so bugged about that? And you turn it into a, a them problem. It really, you miss that space of creating harmony and connection because eventually if it is a them problem, that's going to come to light. For sure. Because if they get peeved every time this happens and you say, sorry, that wasn't my intention. Do they suddenly go, oh, I think I'm being way too sensitive about that. Mm -hmm. Or I think that this boundary doesn't really need to exist anymore because genuinely they're not trying to hurt me. Right. They're not being vicious in this. Yeah. And I, I can't think of an example per se right now, but I always ask everyone this question as we kind of wrap. What do you wish you would have known when you were single? (laughs) I love that question. I wish that I would have trusted the process. I wish that I would have had more peace in just recognizing that everything was going to work out because sure there's trial, sure there's heartache in everything that we go through, but the more and more I go on with life, the more I realize that there's a perfect plan for everything. And I just wish I trusted the process more. 
and was able to just have more faith that whatever was going to come was going to come and that I had the ability to choose to be happy or sad in it. And I wish that I would have chosen to be happy more in those breakups or whatever. Um, I tell (laughs) my siblings that are dating, it's just one step closer to the right one. It's just one step closer because you learn the things that you don't like and you learn the things that you do like. And I wished that I would have told myself that I was worth like having somebody that treated me with respect and loved me in the very beginning. And I didn't have to go through those hard manipulative conversations because there's truly somebody out there that will treat you with respect and love you deeply. Mm -hmm. And it just is going to take some patience and time, but you have to recognize and believe in yourself that you are of worth as well. So I would say that, but like, I wish that I would have seen my value in myself and trusted the process more. Well said. I I would have said the same thing. I think the moment that I recognized my value and started trusting myself, being single didn't, didn't turn in, it it no longer was this like label I put on myself as a failure. Absolutely. It became a conscious choice. And then dating then became conscious choices versus just reactive choices and me saying like, I don't want to be alone. So I guess I'll say yes. Yep. And that is what eventually led me to marrying a good fit for me versus settling or just being with another guy that was not respecting my boundaries. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. For sure. Kylie, thank you so much for being here today. This has been such a good conversation. And one of my favorite things about having guests come on is that you really just get to have the conversations that you feel like are relevant at the time and it takes you in places that you hope will help. So if you know someone who needs boundaries, please share this podcast with them, give them, you know, send them some love and light with it and just say, hey, this would be good for you to listen to. And, you know, if this is something that is, a, is important to you, listen to it again, uh, write some notes, do some journaling and, you know, take this to heart. Can you tell everybody how to find you? Sure. Yeah. So my Instagram is no underscore your underscore no underscore. I love it. <laughs> so K-N-O-W your no and no. Um, all about the boundaries. No, you're no. No, you're no. Um, so that's my Instagram. And, um, I also have an email, which is Kylie Wolford coaching at Gmail. Kylie K Y L E E. And then my last name Wolford W O L F O R D coaching at gmail.com. So that if they're interested in setting up a consultation with you, just go ahead and email you or send you a direct message. Absolutely. Yeah. So I usually say to plan for a 45 minute consultation and we walk through my program and make sure that it's about best fit for you, making sure that you are getting the most out of one-on-one interactions that you and I have. And I leave my clients with things to work on throughout the week so that we can report back and see progress and, and I'm imagining that you can come in with anybody you need boundaries with. It doesn't necessarily have to Absolutely. just be like one person and that you're getting information about it. And then also, you know, going to apply as you feel comfortable. For sure. Yeah. So That's it can awesome. be in 
dating, like I said earlier, um, in-laws, parents, siblings, whatever it may be. That's awesome. So yeah, go follow her on Instagram at know your know, because she's also doing some really good videos that you'll want to watch and giving you really good tips, uh, with just insight about how to have boundaries. And I think that when you have a reminder of that, even just coming up on your feed, I think it'll jog you when you hit that gut instinct of like, oh yeah, that was a boundary and I should do something about it. <laughs> like you need that little prompt person to be like, oh, Kylie's going to know. <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes will have clients say, your voice came into my head and I think, great day. <laughs> that is what needed to happen. Or they'll stop there, start the session with, you would be so proud. And I think, oh, they did a boundary. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. They, whatever I hopefully said resonated with them. Right. Well, thanks so much for being here and sharing your insight. And I am so grateful for this conversation. And I truly, truly hope that the listeners know how loved they are, how valuable they are, and that your boundaries are important and awesome. they matter and you can say no. For sure. Thanks for having me. And you me can on even honor. say, hell no. Yes. <laughs> Leave me alone. This is not going to work. Or I agree with that or you don't. So right. thanks for having me on, Lonnie. I really appreciate it. Have you ever heard of the phrase, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade? I hate this saying because it takes our problems and teaches us to pretend like they don't exist. No, when life gives you lemons, it gives you lemons. And you need to stare them straight in the face and face the facts. Running away from pain and anxiety is way more risky than staring them straight in the face and beginning the process of finding the seeds in the lemon and peeling it back. Are you facing your anxieties? Have you talked them out with someone? And are you ready to get rid of them? It's time to face the things that are challenging you head on, full of boundaries and all, so that you can leave feeling at peace, leaving shame behind and not feeling worried that you're going to not be loved by saying no to somebody. I am Kylie Wolford. I am a health and life coach, and I specifically focus on boundaries with people. I would love to have a conversation with you on how you can create healthy boundaries with those that you love to give you peace and freedom and joy in your life. Follow me on Instagram at know your no, K-N-O-W underscore your underscore no. And I would also love to hear from you on my email. It's Kylie Wolford coaching at Gmail. That's K-Y-L-E-E-W-O-L-F-O-R-D coaching at gmail.com. This podcast and the social media associated with it represents the opinions of Lonnie K. Harmon, LCSW, and her guests to the show. The content here is intended to be psychoeducational and should not be taken as specific mental health advice. The content here is for informational and educational purposes only, and because each person is so unique, please consult your mental health professional for any mental health questions. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast and social media are her own and that of her guests to the show. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of errors. 
Privacy is of, is of utmost importance to us. All people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect client confidentiality. This podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with our content establish a therapist-client relationship. If you find any errors in any of the content of this podcast, please send a message to Lonnie at Lonnie at MillCreek-Counseling.com. That's Lonnie, L-O-N-I, at MillCreek-Counseling.com.